you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. Chad Mendez, man, welcome to the show and thank you for coming on, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lake. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Look, uh, you, you've had, you know, from what I've been, I, I keep up with you on Instagram as much as I can, you've had a, a pretty eventful turkey season, right? Yeah, oh yeah, dude. We, um, I'm out here in Northern California up in uh, Sacramento, so uh, the turkey population, a lot of people don't know it, but the turkey population around Northern California is pretty insane. We have a ton of birds, and so, yeah, we, we're allowed to kill three bearded in the spring and uh, two eater sex in the fall, so five turkeys a year it's pretty cool um yeah yeah we we do most of our turkey hunting here i get asked to come out to different states and do a lot of it and it's it's honestly pretty tough to leave my backyard because we have so many around (laughs) but yeah it's it's cool man turkey hunting is definitely one of my favorite things to do um and it's definitely something i look forward to every year yeah yeah for sure man we can relate on that level too because i mean i love all of it but man i got a i got a special place for those those turkeys i get really fired up when it comes turkey time uh how late does the season run out there um right now it is closed it it just closed last weekend um the last two weeks i believe is archery only um but it typically let me see so it opens third typically third week in march um and closes about last week so okay. you know we have we have a bit of a season um, yeah and so you know a lot of opportunities at least to to get out in between training and stuff yeah um, the, the hardest part is those early mornings especially when i'm tearing my body down uh <laughs> training hard but man sometimes i just got to make the sacrifice <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah I mean, do it, you got to uh, prioritize for the turkeys <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i get that i mean that you mainly uh you mainly archery hunt them, right? Do you, do you ever shotgun at all, or do you mainly just archery hunt them? You know, when I first moved up to Sacramento, so where I'm from, I'm from, like, central California yeah. um, in the valley, and uh, we don't have turkeys down there. Um, and so when I moved up to Sacramento, man, it was like, holy crap, this is awesome, you know, turkeys <laughs> everywhere. And so when I first got up here, I started uh, shotgun hunting. That's how I, how I first started turkey hunting was using shotguns. I, I did that for the first few years, and, you know, it's just – I think my, my love for the archery game grew so much that, you know, it's, for me, it's great practice for doing all the other type of archery hunting, the big game stuff that I do throughout the year. So I kind of switched from the shotgun to archery and I mainly do archery now, but, um, I mean, I'm not against uh, shotgun hunting them at all. Um, you know, I I have buddies that tell me all the time, he's like, man, turkeys, turkeys are meant to be shot in the face with a shotgun it's like dude <laughs> so i have i have buddies that give me crap all the time for turkey hunting them but what we try to do up here is um natural setup with a bow that's that's what's tricky it's it's yeah. a challenge and it's so much fun i got i got one uh one of the ones i killed this year was uh natural setup with a bow yeah i and, saw that video you put that on instagram yeah. didn't you yeah that was pretty crazy yeah it was so cool. it's funny we had um so in that video, you can see there's a barbed wire fence off yeah, to the left. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get, obviously I get crap from time to time just with the hunting and stuff that I post. It just comes with it. But right. I had a few people like, oh, you're shooting turkeys in a, in a pen. They're in a cage. There's a fence right there. I'm like, yeah, it's a barbed wire fence. Like, 
do you forget the turkeys have wings yeah, and they can fly? <laughs> you know they can fly, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it was cool. Those birds came up that, that down in the bottom. They worked up that ridge and walked right into that, that uh, barbed wire fence and came right into our setup. So it was yeah. cool, man. Yeah, Always a good time. which, I mean, I, I've uh, – if you can get, I mean, if I, I don't care what anyone says, if you can successfully get a turkey in bow range and get drawn and get a shot at him outside, like sitting on a tree like you were doing, you have accomplished something. That's that is a feat all its own, in my opinion. Sure. Um, I agree. Uh, well, look, man, I could look. I I know you don't like know me that well, but I have a, a fairly high turkey addiction. I could sit here and talk to, about turkeys <laughs> for for this whole thing, but. Um, I'm sure that people would get sick of me doing that. So, uh, one thing I do want to ask you about, especially, you know, when we bring guys like, like here on the show that have different backgrounds and, and, you know, yours in particularly an interesting one, um, uh, with your, you know, your history in the UFC and, and all that, uh, mm-hmm. I always like to hear about, and our, our listeners do as well, like how, how you got into hunting, like what it, like, have you, you've been hunting ever since you were a kid or, or how, how did you get started? Yeah, I mean, I've been hunting since as long as I can remember, um, my dad used to like the furthest back that I can remember hunting. Um, I don't know. I was probably six years old, but you know, those old, um, uh, flagpoles are like fiberglass flagpoles that go on like a back of a quad or, a, yeah, or yeah, a, yeah. and so he would cut those, put little slits on each end of it and then bend it. And then we had some like deep sea fishing line, that old, old school line where it was like a, real small rope almost like a thin rope yeah and he would connect that and make a bow and then he'd cut another one as the arrow and i'd you know he'd sharpen the tip a little bit and man i used to walk around my neighborhood sneaking up on my pigeons and doves and <laughs> trying to fling that at him. you know i'd never you never even connect at all but yeah i just remember doing that and then <clears throat> my dad actually was you know he started hunting oh i think later in life but you know when i was when I was born, he was already hunting. So I, I used to follow him and stuff through the woods when we go deer hunting. I grew up, uh, like I said, in central California. So we'd hunt D seven zone, um, which is like above Fresno. It's the Sierras up there. Gotcha. Black deer, a lot of, a lot of bear. Um, and, uh, man, I just remember following him until I could legally get my hunting license, which was at 12. And then, uh, I remember I killed my very first buck that year and it was with my bow. I had a had an old I think PSE Nova. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, killed killed a buck. My very first buck ever was with the bow. It was a it was a frontal shot. We got got within range. I think there was two two small bucks. You know. Yeah. Um, I got within like twenty yards of them. I made a a good frontal shot on him, and we tracked him down. Um, he went straight downhill, a super super steep uh, ridge. Got to the bottom, and uh, he was still alive at the bottom. He just stood there. And he was kind of like swaying and ended up expiring in front of us. And right. I just, yeah, I just remember being like so torn up, like so many mixed emotions. You know, it was my first big game animal. Um, I wasn't expecting to like see him die and like seeing that, witnessing that. Yeah. It was tough, but it was like such a mixed emotion of joy and, and excitement and like sadness, you know? Yeah. But uh, man, that was my very first big game animal. And, you know, dad shot, uh, showed us how to, you know, clean it and do all that stuff. And, it's actually a funny story. I just talked about this on uh, John Dudley's podcast. We, um, my dad ended up splitting up from us. It was me and my two brothers, yeah. you know, and back then I think I was, you know, 70 pounds. I was little, you know, <laughs> freshman year in high school, I was 80 pounds. So, you know, it was right before that or right around that time. And uh, 
my dad's like, I'm going to go back up the steep hill and I'm going to go get the truck and I'll come back down the bottom and uh, find you guys. Well, you know, it was an evening hunt and uh, we ended up getting split up in the woods and me and my, my two brothers who are also about my size are dragging this dead deer. It ends up getting dark. My dad gets lost in the woods. Oh, God. Oh, uh, well, yeah. We ended up pulling this uh, dead deer, like dragging it up into a campsite, luckily. And uh, it was a husband and a wife sitting around the fire. We come dragging this dead deer and, you know, we got blood <laughs> and stuff on us. And the lady screams and freaks out. And we had to, like, tell her what was going on. And luckily, the <laughs> husband helped us load it up and he took us to camp. And my dad ended up getting back that night, late that night as well. So. It was a funny adventure. But <laughs> yeah, one that sticks with you. That's quite the happenstance. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, man. But yeah, something I'll never forget, that's for sure. Yeah, man, it, it's cool because um, that's another topic altogether, like hearing you talk about, because that's something I don't think that gets talked about enough, um, hearing you talk about how you felt when you, when you know, when you took mm-hmm. that first deer that, the you know, watching him, you know, watch him die and how that feels. I think that's something... Um, that gets overlooked a lot, uh, yeah. you know, especially because I say this because we were actually um, some of the guys from Primos. We were at a conference last week, and they were actually talking about um, the future of hunting as a whole because we're actually in like overall the numbers of like licenses and stuff are are kind of on a decline. And so, y- yeah, and so they're like people are you know scrambling around trying to figure out you know how are we going to fix this. And um, mm-hmm. I think you know talking what you're talking about. It's a good thing to do, you know, especially when we're trying to introduce new hunters and stuff to it because, you know, I think that emotion gets, especially, you know, and I'd say in some part, you know, we're probably guilty of it because you don't always see it, you know, when we post videos and stuff like that. But I think it's important to talk about that emotion because there is, I mean, there's definitely a sense of, you know, remorse and respect and all that for an animal when you take it. For sure, man. And I get, I get asked that a lot. Like, oh, do you just like going out and killing things? Like, you know, it's not it's not necessarily the the thrill of going out and like taking something's life. Like I don't enjoy killing. It's the, the thrill of putting in the work, you know, learning the skills of, of my bow, like fine tuning it, getting it all dialed, practicing with it or same thing rifle, whether you're getting it dialed in, getting the right optics and sighting it in right and getting proficient with it. And then coming up with a game plan when you do find an animal in their backyard, you know, you, you got to, you know, things always have to be absolutely perfect for you to connect on a, on a wild animal. Yeah. People don't understand that. So, you know, it's not just the fact that, oh, man, I'm just bloodthirsty. I need to go out and murder something. You yeah, know, it's not, yeah. that's not that's not what hunting is about. And uh, I try to explain that to a lot of people, people that don't hunt. And, you know, and once you kind of do, usually once you kind of do explain something like that to them, it makes a little bit more sense to them. But, yeah, um, yeah. I agree, man. Got to just keep spreading the word. There's the there's so much hate and and confusion about confusion about the sport of hunting and like what it stands for and why we do it. People just, I guess, picture us driving around in the back of a truck with beers in our hands, just shooting everything, yeah. screaming. You know, it's yeah. Not, um, not how it is. Do you, do so. you get you know a fair amount of of uh, I don't know negative posts or you know hate comments and stuff like that for the all the hunting? Do you get you know any of that yeah. at all? Yeah, you know, when I first started doing it, um, you know, like I said, I've been hunting my whole life. But when I first got into the UFC, um, you know, I had friends, teammates, um, and and my managers were kind of worried about me posting that kind of stuff. You know, it's you know, people were saying it's probably not the smartest thing to do if you're trying to build your image. And you know, I kind of got to the point where I'm like, well, this is my image. Like, if if people 
that follow me don't understand why I do this and why I love to do this. Like, I don't want them following me. So yeah, good for you, man. And I just started posting it and like, I don't do it in a distasteful way. I want people to understand why I'm hunting. Like I live off of this meat, like all my training camps. Like I have three chest freezers. I have three freezers in my garage full of different types of wild game meat. So any given day, I just go out there. Okay. I just finished a hard training session. What kind of lean protein do I want? I go out there. I open it. I have, you know, ground elk. I have elk steaks. I have same thing with venison, deer, steaks, uh, sausage, whatever it is. I have turkey, ducks, a uh, wild pig. And it's like, how awesome is this? Like, I get to just go out here and choose. I don't have to go to the store and, like, worry about spending money on, on this stuff that's, you know, God knows what's inside of it. Right, right, and, yeah. You know, and so it's so cool. I think over the last, like, I'd say probably three years, I've just kind of weeded out. You know, the, the people that don't understand and just want to talk crap about it. You yeah. know, someone negative comment on something that I've completely explained yeah. as far as hunting goes, then I just block them and delete it. Yeah. And I think over the last few years, I've kind of weeded a lot of those people out because at first I would get a lot of it. And now it's kind of, just kind you of know, I might to, yeah, here and there. So it's, yeah. I think people kind of understand, like I, I post that I'm eating this stuff. I come up with cool recipes I like, you know, showing those recipes and like yeah. how amazing the stuff is. Like you're missing out. Like I'm not just doing this because I'm bloodthirsty. Like look at this. Like this yeah. is amazing. Yeah, and- that man, I I can relate because I, you know, I first I never got the opportunity to eat uh, elk until I started working at Primos, and mm-hmm. um, I remember the first like backstrap I ate. I was like, good grief, <laughs> this is fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the other thing too, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, because um. Yeah, two points there. I you know, I was I had uh, Steve Ranella on the show. Um, it's been a couple months ago, I think. But uh, he was talking about that, you know, and he said, you know, if you if you have someone, you know, like that's, you know, if someone's throwing you hate comments for hunting, they're obviously they're probably a, um, I don't know if they're you know a vegan or animal rights or whatever. He said they're they're at a pretty determined mindset. You know, you're probably not going to yeah. bring them back from that. You know, but there's mm-hmm. but the people that you that you're most likely going to reach are the ones that you know just don't know that much about it but you know they've they're not against it they just don't know that much and so yeah you know you take a person like and that's part of the reason i brought you on the show you know you take a person like you that you know when you're posting all that stuff you're always putting it in you know the the way that i think it should be portrayed you know you're showing not only the hunt but you're showing how you're you know you're cleaning it and cooking it and eating it and all that stuff and uh yeah yeah so that that was too because i you know i was um I was watching, you know, one of your recent YouTube videos, and you were, uh, I think you were cooking a turkey. Yeah, it, it was a turkey because it was one that you yeah. recently killed. And so, so that's interesting. I was, so you actually like when you're training for fights and stuff. That's that that wild game is in your diet and stuff. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, pretty much year round it is, but especially when I'm in training camp. I mean, the majority. I don't. It's not a hundred percent wild game meat, but I'd say probably eighty five to 90% of the meat that I eat is wild game through my training camps. Um, you know, if we happen to go out with somebody or if I have a meeting out or something, obviously I can't say, sorry, I'm not eating this. I'm only yeah, eating wild yeah. game. Oh, but you know, I try when I'm home and I can cook something, I prefer that it's something that I've harvested and it's something that comes from my freezer. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How, how long you've been doing that for, you know, a pretty long amount of time. Yeah. A long time. I mean, probably since I've, graduated college and moved up to Sacramento and once I was able to get my own place and uh you know really set my roots here in Sacramento and figured out you know what hunting 
was good here and started filling the freezer ever since then. So it's it's probably been the last eight to ten years, I bet. That's awesome, man. Good for you. That's yeah, yeah that's that's I love it. yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's really cool. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you about, and something like I like, I told uh, some of the guys because everyone that uh, on the team that I hunt with, they know how big of a uh, MMA fan I am. And so yeah. when I told them they're having you on the show, they were like, "All right, that's fine, but you can't just ask him straight MMA questions." But I am, <laughs> but I am gonna ask you a few. So, do it. like, uh, how I've always wondered this: like, how do you balance like your your UFC schedule with all the hunting that you do? Because you, I mean, you because you do both mm-hmm. like a pretty good bit. So I've always I'm <laughs> like, how does he do both of it? Because you got to stay pretty busy, huh? Oh, for sure. I mean. So right now I'm in training camp. Typically a training camp's eight to 10 weeks long. Um, usually the hunting and fishing slows way, way down when I'm in that part of the uh, uh, year. But outside of a fight, so I fight typically, you know, a couple months I'm bouncing around, still training when I can, you know, and, and keeping sharp. But, you know, especially since, so I started a business called Fins and Feathers. Yeah, and yeah. So basically what that is, it's like a celebrity we, we call it like a celebrity outdoor adventure company. So we take, we put together cool fishing trips, hunting trips all over the world. And then we add one of one or two of our celebrity pro staff members to join clients on those trips. Oh, and no so, yeah. So typically I bounce around on some of those trips, um, and join the clients and go on these cool hunts or cool fishing trips with them. Um, and so the ones that I'm assigned to, um, you know, those ones are quote unquote work. So the wife can't yell at me. When I <laughs> yeah. You're very, you're <laughs> but, very sneaky. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's something that, that, um, is a part of my, my work schedule as well. So the training, the fighting, um, and then doing personal hunts and stuff too. But man, when I'm, when I'm gone on a hunt, so say I'm, I'm gone for like five or six days for a hunt or something, I try to do some type of workout if I can. Um, it's not always the easiest, especially if you're like in the backcountry or doing something like that. But yeah, I, man, we know a lot of those hunts themselves. Just you're not eating a ton of calories, so it's not like I'm gaining a ton of fat or gaining a ton of weight. Yeah, uh, you know, you're hiking. You know, sometimes 12, 15, 20 miles a day. Yeah, I mean, work. And then when you do kill an animal, say it's an elk or a deer, you got to pack all that out. So yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting some some workouts in without even really trying you know you're focused on the hunt but you're still working out yeah so. that, that's what i was gonna say i was like if you're in the back country man i think we tracked it this past year during elk season i think we were averaging like like over nine miles a day on average yeah dude. And so yeah. i mean you're 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 doing plenty <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. so those, those types of trips when i come back from them and then jump right back into training like i don't feel like i lose a ton um and so it's you know it's not pushing me super far off track and then having to like lose 15 pounds of body fat or something, you know, and then right, having right, right. so especially a lot of them, you know, are at altitude. So then, you know, I feel like I'm getting some altitude training and too. I usually yeah. feel pretty different. I come back and get back into the gym. So, yeah. Like what kind of, um, dude, I, I, I want to ask about just cause like, so I had to do, uh, me and Brad, um, uh, Ferris, we had, we went on a bighorn sheep hunt in August mm-hmm. and, uh, I thought, you know, I'd done elk stuff before, and I was like, I, you know, there's like altitude. You know, altitude's altitude. I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, but we, when we shot that sheep from, it was like thirteen thousand six hundred feet. Wow! And no. so, and that's like a like you know, most of our elk stuff. I think the highest we usually get on is like around a, like eleven is pretty high. Yeah. 
Uh-huh, like yeah. thirteen thousand. Like you take a big, <laughs> it, you, you breathe in as much as you can, and you don't feel like you get anything. And there's, yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah, the, it was. I, I thought I, I was like, I may die right here. Like this is just gonna be where I. This is it. This is where I. <laughs> this is where I die. Wait for the white flag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a dream hunt of mine. Do one of those sheep hunts. They look so intense. They look like. Uh, it's just it's definitely something i'd absolutely love to do so ho- i'm hoping one day i get drawn drawn for a tag somewhere that'd be cool yeah see we got we got very very lucky it's actually on a um uh, a place that we elk hunt a lot and uh, a friend of ours um that's in a, a ranching for wildlife program um uh-huh. with like four other conjoining ranches and it's because uh, they up until like a couple years ago those sheep were not uh they weren't allowed to be hunted but they just opened it up for this special program and like every i forget how many years but every so many years he gets a tag and so and that was the first one that he had taken off that ranch and i, I think uh, no. like it's in the it's in the single digits the number of bighorns that have been taken back there i mean like it's relatively really? un- dude it's it was honestly like one of the most amazing things i've ever seen because so, cool. so yeah because i actually like the first elk hunting experience that i ever went on with primos was was like on that ranch and so uh-huh. you could see once you got high enough you could see you know some of those peaks and you could see if you had a you know good uh binoculars or a spot scope or something you could see those sheep and he no was, way. and i was like I, and brad was like man go up there. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i was like brad was like you know in a few years you know mike's gonna be able to get a tag i was like well when he does i'm calling dibs i'm going on that trip and so we ended up getting <laughs> to do it and nice. uh it, yeah it was crazy so um that's Awesome. I actually have a funny story. I actually have been on a bighorn sheep hunt. I completely forgot about it because it was such a crappy hunt. But <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So me and a, a couple buddies, um, they were doing a, a sheep eradication on the Tendoy Mountains out in uh, Montana. And my buddy had heard about this. And he's like, dude, we got to get one of these tags. It's only 750 bucks. So what was happening, these these sheep were kept getting pneumonia, and a lot of the herd would die off, and then they'd reintroduce new ones, oh, wow. and they'd get pneumonia because there was a lot of sheep down down low, like domestic sheep, and these bighorns were interacting with them, and that's how they were getting pneumonia. Well, so they obviously moved all the sheep out, the domestic ones, over the years, and but that pneumonia just kept sticking around. So yeah. like they were just basically going to try to wipe out the entire population, let it let it lay for maybe a year or two, I think, and then reintroduce and see if that, if that helps. Yeah. And so they were selling these sheep tags for 750 bucks. And we're like, dude, we're on it. And uh, so we decided like, Oh, let's go archery. Cause we're thinking, Oh, most people probably don't want to go archery hunting. You know, they're going to wait till the rifle. Right. And so we show up and there's people everywhere. This is a small <laughs> mountain range, you know, yeah. every ridge there's like five people walking. And, uh, we ended up, so it was right before I fought Frankie Edgar, and uh, I actually was on. I was on that hunt. We were like in the back country, like uh, scouting for sheep. Season opened the next day, and um, I get a call from from uh, my manager saying, "Hey, Dana White, uh, they put together a press conference. You have to be there." I'm like, "Oh, dude, I'm like in the back country right now." <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, "It's going to be such a pain for me to get out of here." I had to hike out i had to drive all the way to idaho jump on a little plane fly to vegas do like an hour press conference and then you know do some some stare down photos and then i flew back and uh during that time my buddies had actually found a ram and they were like dude we got a ram like tomorrow's opening day we're gonna get on it and uh 
So we get, we get all set up. I'm like super pumped. I'm, my buddy's going to try to go kill this with his bow. We get on the ridge uh, facing it the next day, and it's super foggy, so we can't see it. We're probably, you know, 100 yards away just waiting for that fog to clear. Soon as it starts to lift, we see two old guys come hiking up and over the backside. Oh, no. One of them's not even in camo. He's in an all-black ram suit. And <laughs> he just comes walking up, and we see that ram just book it. Gone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> all that flying around, driving, yeah. hiking out just to get boogered. Golly. Yep. So we didn't end up getting one. We ended up, I think we got frustrated. We're just like, let's get out of here, do we? There's just so many people all over the place. but the Just like what little sheep hunting experience <laughs> I have, if I'd put in the work to find one and then that have that happen, yeah, I'd want to leave too. Oh, <laughs> I, I wanted to cry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, I'm going home. Yeah. Golly. I can't, but so I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to just put together in my mind how unfortunate of a situation that is to be all the way back in there, hike out, drive, fly, fly back. Hike back up in there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was disheartening. Unfortunately, we had elk tags and deer tags. So we're just like, screw it. Let's go. We left that mountain range because there wasn't really any elk, hardly any deer at all. And uh, so we found another mountain range, um, maybe like an hour or something away and um, ended up getting into some really good elk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. And then I ended up shooting a mule deer. So we, we we ended up coming home with some meat, which was good. But Yeah. When, yeah, the uh, sheet hunt, the sheet hunt was no good. Uh when did you when did you start doing elk stuff? I'm always curious about people's elk hunting experiences. Um, so I started elk hunting so Utah was the first place I ever elk hunted. Um and I that was probably back in 2000 and 13 maybe 2012 gotcha. gotcha yeah so it's i haven't been elk hunting a ton i mean we out here in california we have elk but it's super difficult to get yeah. on for any so you know growing up that wasn't ever anything that that i got to do much and then uh like i said once i moved to sacramento and started making some money fighting then i was like man you know i want to travel around and go try to do you know different hunts in different states so i would go to utah and uh we would just buy one of the over-the-counter tags and yeah yeah my first year, oh man, we were on some public ground that was uh, landlocked by private. Yeah, down in a canyon, and uh, we'd gotten permission to to trespass on this little piece to get to the public. Yeah, and, uh, dude, I the first evening I come walking down. It's probably twenty minutes before dark, and I come down up and over this little ridge, and it's just like a big sage flat out in front of me. Yeah, and one of my buddies that lives there, he's like, "Hey, just a rule of thumb, if it's in like an ag field." it's off it's it's in a private unit if it's in the sage it's on you're good right i come walking over there's a, a bull that ended up getting killed later but so he got i know what he scored he was four i think he ended up going 414 oh my gosh yeah and he's just sitting there like i don't know f- maybe five or six steps into the uh ag field like on the edge of the sage and he's just raking i think it was sunflower or something he's just raking it and I'm just sitting there just dumbfounded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just drooling, crap. going, oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. Golly. And, I mean, I probably could have snuck through the sage, you know, because it was just patchy and pretty open and tall. I could have probably snuck down within range. I think I was 100. I ranged him. I was 100 yards from him right where I stood and watched him. He had no clue I was there. Holy he smokes. Just and and uh, I just watched him till dark and then turned and walked out. Well, I ended up going back in there the next day with a buddy. We had a GPS. 
Yeah. And it had that whole area. Well, about 50 yards out into that ag field, the ag field had been cut into the private, I mean, sorry, into the public. Yeah. So he's actually still on public ground. I could have probably tried to go down there and kill him. But oh, no. Self in the butt for that one, yeah. <laughs> Golly, man. A 414. Yeah, he was a stud. A beautiful, beautiful bull. But yeah, it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Like, I mean, I'm in the same. You know, I mean, I'm from I'm from Mississippi. That's where you know Primos is based out of, and I had never even laid eyes on an elk until I started working here. And they just like that's that fall. I fall in love with the elk stuff big time. Yeah, me too. I yeah. think I think that's my my favorite big game. Elk okay. during the with the bow. Oh, for sure, man. I got yeah. I, I got I was very very. uh very blessed this year and very blessed to work with some nice people they um uh they let me get an archery tag this year in new mexico and oh, uh nice. yeah that's so, so i shot my first uh elk with a with a bow this year and it like i like it unlike anything i've ever done just to have mm. something that big that i guess just tuned up on testosterone that close mm-hmm. to you like Dreaming. yeah oh, dude break in and it's amazing isn't it oh yeah so i just like one of those things like you know how he always does uh wilbur was back behind me calling for me and uh he could tell the elk was getting closer but he's he was kind of back down at the bottom of the hill um so he couldn't see the elk you know Uh, Mm -hmm. he's just back there calling and so one time he called and i was already like at full draw about to shoot the elk and the elk like (laughs) bugles at like 25 yards and it was it was just all I could do to not just you know melt into a puddle because I was about to die. Like oh my gosh, yeah. It's crazy, man. Make the hair stand up on your neck. Yeah, it just makes you want to go back and do it again. And then like we uh-huh. were talking earlier, it's just you know when the, uh, those nights when we thaw out some of that stuff from the freezer and eat it, it just adds more to the experience because you think about you know <laughs> all those good no. memories where it came from. Yep. All my teammates too. I, I think I only have one other guy, Tyler Diamond, who just got into the UFC, but he's the only other one that hunts. Everybody else, um, you know, a lot of city boys, but uh, they all—they're always asking me to bring wild game meat to the gym. Like, oh, dude, let me get some of that. Let me, let me. <laughs> let me I'm always like loading up uh, ice chests and taking it to practices and just like handing out wild game meat like it's candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, man. That's good. That's that's a good thing to do. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it for sure, man. Um, I'm trying to think like that's a, yeah. Um, so I, I know like again, I know you got a super busy schedule. So, and I've already rambled probably more than I needed to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, thanks for thanks for coming on. And uh, one like you do have a you you have a a fight coming up, right? I do uh, July 14th in Boise, Idaho, and it's uh, against Miles Jury. So, I'm just preparing training hard get ready for that and uh i'm gonna hopefully go out there whoop them up on the 14th and then got a few hunts planned right after that so i'm excited awesome dude awesome well look i was like i've been a fan of yours for a while but now having talked to you like yeah i'm gonna be <laughs> i'm gonna be yeah i'll be watching that one for sure but uh oh, I appreciate it, Lee. thank you yeah man dude thanks for coming on the show i really appreciate it so um yeah that's it i, I won't keep you for any longer and uh guys as always hope you enjoyed the episode if you have any questions Send them into the Facebook, Instagram, email, whatever you need to do. And as always, thank you all for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.